Hey, everybody. Hi, guys. Well, from Salt Lake City, Utah, it's Thank God I'm Atheist, the podcast. I'm Frank. And I'm Dan. Coming up today, uh, we're going to be talking with Tyler Meesom, um, producer of An Honest Liar, a film that's out in theaters. Producer and director. Producer and director, yeah. Uh, and, uh, and he's uh, joining us with a very special guest. Ooh, a mystery. I, Ooh. I, I, I did tease on the Members Only Lounge oh, did you? that we were going to have a guest and that people would find him amazing. Ooh. You see what I did there? That was pretty good, Dan. Because he's yeah. the amazing Randy. You weren't supposed to say. Uh, uh, they're going to hear him in like 20 it's minutes. It's a surprise. It's not a surprise. It's a surprise. <laughs> oh, Dan. Not anymore. Do you not know how this works? Spoiler. I spoiled it. <laughs> they're already listening to the show. It's okay. Yeah, well, <laughs> I wanted it to be a surprise. Well, you just fucking ruined it. I did ruin it. Screw Ugh. you. Ugh. <laughs> All right. Anyway, that, that'll be coming up in the second half of our program here. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the first half, we have stories for you. Uh, do you want Do you want to go or do you want me to go? Um, I got a thing. Okay, go. Um, you may or may not have ever heard, Dan, of the French broadcaster uh, TV5 Monde. As in world? As in world, yes. Okay. Um, no, I have not heard of You've never heard of them? TV sank. <laughs> Monde. TV sank. TV. TV. TV sank. TV sank. Monde. Oh, oui, oui. Uh, <clears throat> well, it is a uh, monde, of course, like you just said, means world. Uh, and it is a, uh, it's a station, a news um kind of uh current affairs type station sure i don't know that it's like a french cnn i (laughs) I don't know if i'd go that far um but they have a lot of news programming so forth and so on and uh it gets broadcast uh throughout apparently the french-speaking world uh and uh, probably available in a couple other places as well tout le monde francaise yes and so it uh offered a very very promising uh uh and fruitful hacking target for isis oh sure or uh a group called uh the uh cyber caliphate oh which is uh, i guess associated with isis i was gonna start a a rap group called the cyber (laughs) caliphate it didn't go it didn't it didn't fly yeah okay um and uh they took down the network oh shit they uh not only took over its facebook page its website um so forth and so on its social media presence yeah but it was able to actually uh hack the station and bring it down it wasn't broadcasting oh dear um which is kind of shocking yeah, you'd think that they'd have uh, some I, some decent security in place. Yeah, I, I was kind of trying to wrap my head around it, um, uh, but uh, yeah, apparently it was. Uh, it's been uh, it, it's uh, quote. It was an. Ex- uh, I'm sorry, the quotes are lining in the wrong place. It was was an quote extremely powerful cyber attack. Wow. Uh, See, and, now if uh, they were if they were truly clever. They would have made the website look the same, but start putting up stories that were their own 
uh, my guess thing. is it didn't they didn't uh I, there's a screen grab of uh, the uh of the of the page right uh I'd, I'd be surprised if that was uh tv5 mon's <laughs> uh web design right they just put up uh, their own thing black background right. white text right uh some sort of Which like is good that matches their branding hooded scarved sort of figure mm-hmm. um as you do a lot of this uh completely unintelligible um arabic writing I don't, oh, yeah. I don't know why they did that. That doesn't even that um, it doesn't even look like writing. It's just scribbles. <laughs> Come on, Arabic, get your get your get your I know, shit together. I know, um, but they just don't. Hey, seem we to went, understand that. We went with your numbers. Yeah, but we're not going with your letters no. for a reason. <laughs> um. So. So yeah, uh, this is this is uh, one of the other fronts mm. on which uh isis is running their little war on the west oh, um, i hope that they hack us <laughs> that'd be fun they could we're we're pretty easy targets like they could get us if they needed to <laughs> then again there's only like uh, yeah there's only I, three guys that can access it so as long as all of our passwords are pretty good they're not going to get our passwords we yeah, all we all have we, good passwords yeah yeah and who knows maybe this was a problem with weak uh, passwords. Maybe they were exploiting some sort That's of flaw how, in the. All the hackers do it through somebody's password. All right, but um, I mean, clearly that's how you get control of somebody's Facebook page or Twitter feed or anything right. like that. Um, uh, so my password's really good. You know how a lot of people they would do like you know password three two one or whatever. Right. Uh, mine's password six seven eight. They're never gonna get that. Oh, see, I just uh, spelled password backwards what yeah oh that's yeah. smart yeah that, but then do you capitalize the d or the p i don't even know which one you capitalize because you capitalize the first one and that keeps you safe and you substitute out the s's with fives oh that's wait why would you do that so that you ha- so you scramble that, it a little then you, you can't make it read a little, it a little harder to then how, how do you how do you even no, you just remember oh, that does look like a an s <laughs> oh you are clever yeah oh you're yeah, a smart you're a smart and you put a zero in for the o right oh oh uh-huh. but then i wouldn't remember yeah i would there's no way i could remember that yeah. password my password so, is tgia5 <laughs> that's my password <laughs> Because the the system made you change it from TGI four, and then it, it made keeps you making it me change TGI three. It. It's made me change it four times. <laughs> it was one first, and every, no, it was just TGIA. It was just TGIA. <laughs> <laughs> That's really dumb. Uh, password humor. We've really uh, we've really reached and found something good there. I'm enjoying myself. I don't care. <laughs> I'm having fun. Fun with passwords. Uh, anyway, uh, 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 Channel 5, TV5, Le Monde, whatever, um, is back in control of all of their oh, thank God. web presence. Thank God. Um, they are um, rapidly exploring ways to make sure this does not happen. I just again. need to know why, like, I guess, I guess there's no, like, centralized web presence for ISIS itself, but you would think that anonymous would get out there and like start posing, you know, putting dick pics and porn on their website or something. You would hope you would hope. Um, but I guess not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Kind of crazy. I mean, this actually, or just pictures of Muhammad, right? 
Yeah. Like, like goofy pictures of Mom, like dirty pictures of Mom. Just Muhammad. pictures of Mom. You don't even have to make them dirty. No. <laughs> Just a representation <laughs> of right. Muhammad. Um, but uh, actually, a related story uh, Twitter um, just deleted like 10,000 um, accounts on 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 their service that were linked to isis or radical islamic but then how are we going to get their cool produced videos (laughs) well don't worry they estimate that there's ninety thousand jesus christ uh, accounts on on twitter i'm going to set up ninety thousand accounts just just me just for me just uh just dan at dan b at dan b e at TGIA Dan, Dan. at <laughs> Daniel B, uh-huh. at Daniel Bubby. Uh huh. Yeah. Also, really, we, we good sound something good there. Too. Good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, there you go. Hacking. Yeah. It's that's so, that's the terrorism of the folks. future. If you're a French news outlet, watch out. <laughs> All um, of our French news outlet listeners. <laughs> uh, beware well apparently i mean clearly um one of the reasons why just to explain why this was such a good target for them is the fact that just going back to how it's mond right Mm -hmm. this is going out uh to uh french-speaking africa right um which is clearly as a space that uh isis is very interested in yeah and uh and so that specifically was why they they went for them um but you know uh, you you attack or you gain access and control of a news agency's Twitter feed. You've got hundreds of thousands of 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 people that you can reach in that moment with your nasty messaging. Yeah, so that's yep. what it's about. There you go. Uh, I am going to bring up a uh, thing. I'm taking us to uh, sunny Toronto. Lovely, lovely and beautiful mm-hmm. Toronto, Ontario, mm-hmm. Canada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, where there is disgruntlement <laughs> among the the postal workers. Why? Uh, Canada Post is a is 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 a fine fine uh, uh, group of people. I I I have gotten many a letter through to my mother. Uh, I don't know that I've ever really written to my. I guess I have. Uh, Birthday card, surely. Well, I mean, I do a lot of internet stuff, so you you don't need the the post anymore. Oh, but parents love the actual physical Shh, card. Don't shame me about my mom if she <laughs> listens to the show. It's not cool. Uh, anyway, uh, Canada Post, uh, they will get letters through eventually. I think is their is their motto. Anyway, um, they uh, <laughs> really uh-huh, are uh, they not <laughs> one of the fine postal services of the world? I would. Canada seems to pride themselves in having. High quality civil servants and whatnot, right? Yeah, sure, whatever. Okay. Anyway, the uh, here's the dealio uh, for this little story: a group calling itself the uh, Your Ward News, um, produced by the New Constitution Party of Canada, which is not a real party in Canada, or at least oh. not, not an officially recognized party. Okay, all right. Um, was being sent around. Um, it was called. Uh, so so it's just a it's just like a newsletter that that had been mailed out. Um it used a it 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 slammed a bunch of sort of municipal, provincial and federal politicians. Okay. Um using some profanity in some cases 
It called it called former Prime Minister uh, Pierre Trudeau a neo-Nazi fascist, anti-Semite, and Quebec separatist. Oh dear God! I'm not sure which of those is worse. Yeah, neo-Nazi or Quebec separatist. (laughs) Anyway, um, Um, uh, so they're they're mailing these. They're mailing problem. Well, so so James Sears uh, is. planning to run for federal election mm. and he uh, he's been sending these out uh, okay. he's, he's he's the guy in charge um well one uh jewish temporary worker in the uh in the canada post okay has decided that he is offended by this thing and will not deliver it um okay so so, uh, so he, he he's got choosing in, what can get through. He got in a bit of a kerfuffle with Canada Post, who was like, "Yeah, it's mail. Please, uh, please just deliver it to everybody." Yeah, and then he contacted the uh, the union. Okay, and the postal workers' union has now like asked Canada Post to please allow them not to, you know, just make a reasonable accommodation. About letting them not deliver stuff that they find offensive. <laughs> oh no, no! It's the worst thing in the world. It's like we. Here's their quote. No. When people are offended, they should respect everyone's rights. I understand Canada Post doesn't censor the mail, but once they became aware, exactly. they should have done the right thing. Which is to not censor the mail. Right. Yeah. No, exactly. The right thing here is if you refuse to deliver the mail, how about you this? don't get to deliver the mail anymore. How about this? If you're a letter carrier, don't read other people's mail. <laughs> Why are you well, reading the mail? It's a new. I mean, he maybe he had received the newsletter. So he <laughs> knew what it was. May, and or, he found that it was offensive. Or maybe he just needed some reading material for lunch break. You know. Just open up whatever's whatever's not sealed, right? And uh, you know, you take a look at the catalogs, and mm-hmm. then you and then you go to the newsletters. Yeah, he's like, ah, oh, West Elm doesn't have anything interesting right now. I'm yeah. going to go to the the newsletters. What's what what? <laughs> what am I reading? Shame on them! I'm not delivering. No, I'm horrified by this, and I disagree with its politics. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's I can't believe the union is backing him. I can't that's actually either. a really ridiculous position for the union to take. Right. Um Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's nonsense. Uh <laughs> But you know, hey, if it's uh if it's offending someone's religious sensibilities. Yeah. 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 No, you know, I mean what if what if he had a pizza shop? <laughs> right? Right? You know, what, what, what well, if then he he'd, then he'd, was then he'd a wedding have, photographer. Then he'd have $800,000 is what he'd have. Yeah, well. What, right. But, but yeah, I mean, the question becomes, what if somebody starts sending around, you know, a thing that's, that, that's maybe even more offensive on a larger mainstream, like Christians are stupid? Yeah. What if the Christians are stupid newsletter goes around? We need to find what route. How will they get it delivered? What route is he currently assigned to? And then find just... addresses in that route. <laughs> right. And then just blanket them with, with nasty what, shit. With, with just, but funny. <laughs> here's, here's what I would like to advocate for our those of our, our listeners who feel like they want to... Uh, blanket Toronto. With... To, well, or to do any kind of like activism like that. Mm, because mm-hmm. the the impulse is to be like, yeah, I'll send around a picture of penises and blah, 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 blah. Right. Now, be clever. 
Right. You know, it doesn't it it's better if it's offending people while current concurrently not being offensive. <laughs> That's what's funny. If if you can if you can pull that off then uh-huh. then yeah. you've done it. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, cool. Um I would like to now tell the story the brief story of a Jehovah's Witness in uh, Australia. Oh, we love the J-dubs. A uh, pregnant Jehovah's Witness. Okay. Who... So far, so good. Died. Oh, no. Along with her unborn uh, baby. So that's not seven good. Seven months along, But it happens. it happens. Um, when she refused a blood transfusion. Oh, of course she did. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, you know. That's that's how they do. Yeah. Um, Apparently, uh, she was diagnosed with leukemia, and uh, the the was in need of a blood transfusion. Mm. Uh, Apparently, uh, eighty percent of pregnant women suffering from leukemia um, will go into remission with the proper treatment. Oh, okay. Um, and the, 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 the chances for the baby are good. There, there's, there's all you need is some blood. Well, I don't know that that's all that you need, but that is part of the treatment. One of the things that you need is, is some blood, someone else's blood coursing through your veins, coursing through your veins. Um, but instead, uh, this, uh, 28 year old woman, um, sided with her religion mm-hmm. and uh, allowed herself to die. Of course she did. Well, her deeply held religious beliefs hold that your blood is uh is part of your is like your essence, and it if like you allow your sin or something like that, right? And, or and if you like allow that. somebody else's blood to in- intermingle with it, you are uh, you're you're. It's like it's got eternal consequences or some crazy yeah. shit. Yeah. So it was better to die, yeah, and condemn her unborn child to death as well. Yeah, um, yeah. Does that child go to heaven? I don't know what the J Dubs believe. I on mean, that. if if that's a, I mean, so if it never got born, it probably is. I'm sure that they believe that the soul enters the child before that conception. Type yeah, thing. so yeah. Otherwise, like they'd that. be all fine with abortion, abortion and right. shit. They'd get all aborty. Yeah. It would be too aborty. See, that's the thing. There. We need to convince uh, Christians uh-huh. in particular that uh, the spirit enters at the time of birth. I think we need to convince them that the spirit enters at the time of the creation of these of the sperm and egg cells. <laughs> so, so masturbation. Master, yeah, you're just killing millions. <laughs> Every nocturnal emission, like, yeah. there's just a thousand babies. And every month, that's just... Right, she's just washing one away. Half, half, of, a, half of a life. Just Every time you get your period, ladies, you're killing a baby. Half a baby. You're killing half a baby. <laughs> I hope And that happy. adds up over time, clearly. Oh, sure. You know, you sure. end up with... I mean, and in fairness, you're not killing as many of these guys as guys kill. Guys are just shredding oh, babies left and right. It's just genocide. It's just mass infanticide. Yeah. Yeah. All over the place. And <laughs> I beg your mul- pardon? multiple times a day in a lot of cases. I'm sorry, what's the sound that mass infanticide makes? <laughs> wow. 
That's a horrific sound. I never want to be part of mass infanticide now. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, there you go. Hmm. That's uh, that's that's what they, you know, J Dubs. Hey, at least that at least she's uh, committed. Well, she was to her beliefs. Oh, Dan. Um, I'm going to take us to here. Salt Lake City of Utah. What? Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm looking at a picture right now, by the way. So uh, last weekend was a big weekend. Yeah. It was Easter weekend. Uh-huh. I would think it was it coincided with Passover this year. Yeah. And then there was Mormon General Conference. Ooh. How often does that fall on Easter weekend? Not very often. Not very often, but every few years, yeah. the two align. And by the way, uh, not for nothing, I, I'm going to show you this picture, Frank. I, you, People at home... Uh, you've heard of the Mormon Tabernacle Choir. I know you have. The ladies always have such horrible dresses, but this year they look like marshmallow peeps. Yeah, they do. I'm just or, <laughs> or a, a, a crate of Easter eggs. <laughs> they just—they're like yellows and blues and pinks. They just yeah. look like marshmallow peeps. Oh no! Up in there. Anyway, uh, what a, a thing actually happened at Mormon General Conference that hasn't happened in decades. Yeah. Uh, Juicy. It is pretty good. Uh, every every Mormon general conference, there's this ritual that they do. And this happens not just in general conferences. This happens in your ward mm-hmm. uh, every so often and stuff. Uh, this is the um, the confirmation. No, that's not the word sustaining. I'm looking for. The sustaining of uh, the leadership of, yeah. of the church. Yeah. Uh, so this is the big one, you know, the one at general conference. This is so general conferences for all of the Mormons worldwide via satellite, live via satellite. People go to their, their and stake center or with whatever. Like simultaneous translation and right. Yeah. For yeah. Foreign language. Oh, they do it up. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, for those poor bored people. <laughs> Anywho, they uh, so they do this thing uh, at one point in general conference where they say, you know, it is proposed that we sustain the the Thomas Spencer Monson and blah 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 Henry something Iring and Dieter Uchtdorf as the the leaders of the church. Yeah, all those opposed, all or, those in uh, favor, all those in favor, please raise your hand. All those opposed, if any, please indicate also. Now, 99.99.99.99% of the time, <laughs> they, everybody just raises their hand in support and no one opposes. Well, it's, it is known that you don't oppose. You don't. You do not oppose. There's, it doesn't happen on the ward level with like yeah. ward callings. Like it just fucking doesn't happen. This is church, not a democracy. Right. You vote yes. It's just it just has one little trapping of democracy, which is this right. weird little strange votey thing. Right. Which isn't a vote. It's Everybody not, knows it's not a vote. You're not voting. You're just sustaining right. or uh, registering your opposition. Right. Yeah. And every now and then, like on a local level, in somebody's ward. Yeah. You'll get someone. Who's, so, some crazy person like will be like, no. And then it's just yeah. like, okay, that's just crazy sister so-and-so and whatever. Right. Uh, this year, a... Uh, like nine people s- stood and yelled opposed. Yeah. When they called for the uh, and, any opposed. And not just in the big fancy space. There was a woman over in the tabernacle right. watching who did yeah. it 
amongst everybody in the tabernacle watching on the big screen. Right. Yeah. Uh, this was a, a, um, a an only mildly coordinated uh, mm. assault uh, on on the the poor poor uh, leaders of the LDS Church. Um, the a group calling themselves Any Opposed, mm-hmm. which is what the Any Opposed. Um, <laughs> sort of threw it out there like but they didn't say here's why we think people should be opposed they just said hey we're opposed if you are too let's all get our tickets and go to this thing and be opposed wow uh and they did i mean this may sound ridiculous to people who don't know mormonism it may sound stupid <laughs> because they're in a conference center that holds what twenty five thousand people? Yeah, somewhere like twenty, I think. Some twenty twenty five, somewhere in that in that range. Yeah, and nine people stand up and yell "opposed" and raise and raise their hand. And the reason, the only reason that they had to yell "opposed" was because, of course, if they just raised their hand in a room full of twenty thousand people, oh, the person conducting this, which was Uchtdorf this time, Dieter right. Uchtdorf, he. Uh, it would normally never like scan the room no! looking for hands that opposed. No. It's just usually a quick little any opposed? All right, moving on. Right. In this case, he also didn't scan the room. He so he had, no. they had advanced warning that this was going to be happening. Oh, they did? They knew because they knew that any opposed that this uh, website was there. Okay. Uh so but what's fascinating is so he says uh, if you, you know, please indicate, you know, if you support, if you would like to sustain, please indicate with the uplifted hand. He looks out at everybody. They all put their hands down and he says, and any opposed and, uh, those opposed, if any, please raise your hand. And he just looks down at his notes. He doesn't ever look up. So you yeah. hear, you hear people say uh-huh. opposed. And he just says, the vote is noted and, yeah. and moves and on. Moves on. Yeah. And then, you know, he moves on to sustaining the quorums of the 70 and the quorum. Of the 12, and people are saying opposed, and he's just, the vote is noted. And he's yeah. just, he was, every, Mormons are not good with being uncomfortable. No. You know, the the vote was not noted. The vote, if he had looked up and went one, two, three, right. four, five, and wrote it down, that would be the vote is noted. Right, right. All that was noted was that some people out in the audience, in a terrible minority right said opposed <laughs> that, and and really was he like writing it down on some official ledger that's no. going to be stored in the vaults in, of the church no no this has the, i should make it clear this hasn't happened uh in general conference since the 80s and that was in reference to like black people oh being really and uh, like the 70s and 80s i think were the last time this happened huh. so this is a big deal in Mormonism. Uh, uh, there has been a backlash. Um, BYU, the the Mormon relig- the Mormon uh, University, one of their uh, coaches, oh. I think a, a football coach, um, a, 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 not not their head coach, but one of their football coaches, uh-huh. uh, tweeted, "For those who oppose, go seek go see your stake president, then find me and oppose those beloved men in front of me and witness how I sin." Which is, uh, I think, the only way to interpret that is a, a threat of violence. It seems like it, doesn't it? He is it? threatening violence. Uh, oh, so, well, good. Good. 
That's a you're a good spiritual man there, sir. Mm-hmm. And you, uh, how righteous and moral. Uh-huh. Huh. Uh huh. You've learned some good lessons from that religion of yours, haven't you? Yeah. Uh, the one thing that the church did right on this one, uh, or at least you know, one could say did right. Uh, the, the last several times that people have opposed uh-huh. in uh, general conference. They were escorted out, right. summarily dismissed right. Right. from the meeting. Uh, this time they were not. See, this is interesting. This is, I mean, I guess, um, I almost called it Occupy Women. Uh, what was the? <laughs> <laughs> Ordain Women. Ordain Women. Thank uh-huh. you. Um, <laughs> their mistake was just trying, well, trying to get into the priesthood session. This is a much better tactic. I mean, I guess they their whole well, line is that they actually do su- sustain and support the leadership of the church. Right. They just want to see change from within. Right. This well, is interesting. But a lot of these people, I mean, a couple of the people that the, the media talked to later and actually found out what they were about. Right. It seems like they align with the ordained women movement. A lot of them, that was like the, the excommunication of Kate Kelly, the yeah. excommunication of John DeLynn. Uh, so these are prominent Mormons yeah. who who had who wanted to see changes right. and, and were organizing people to this that effect. Seems to be support of those people. Yeah, there's a lot of support. So that so some of the people who objected were that some were uh, also included gay rights among their issues that they wanted to to have. Cool, fantastic. Uh, I guess addressed. Why do I care? <laughs> right? Why did why did that just was a good good on them? Well, I mean, it's nice that people support gay rights. That's yeah. always nice. Yeah, it's just uh, it's just, just for who the fuck the, cares? Yeah, I mean, we it's better for us. Oh, keep being weird, Mormon Church. If the Mormons are like not only just weird, the longer they hold on hold on to this like anti gay like thing that they got going yeah the better it is for us yeah we'll get we'll get more more uh atheists out of it yeah people start to see through the bullshit a lot more yeah and uh we can just laugh at them well and they'll keep coming up with lines like uh counterfeit lifestyle Mm, mm -hmm. right which was a which was a gem from this general conference in reference of course to gay marriages right they're you're fake fake you, you queers are fake that lifestyle doesn't exist it's 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 not even a real lifestyle yeah i don't counterfeit <laughs> you should now from now on i think gay people talking to mormons if the mormons start using the phrase you know i don't i'm i just don't agree with your lifestyle uh-huh. just be like it's not a lifestyle right it's not even a real lifestyle you can't disagree with something that's fake yeah i thought you i thought it's counterfeit <laughs> Make up your mind, Mormons. <laughs> anyway. Uh, I find myself in those conversations so often. Ew. Ew. Oh. Really? No. Okay. Dear God, no. Um, all right. Uh, on to India. Ooh. Which always just seems to provide so much interesting news. Sure. You want some good news? Look at India. I don't know that you're saying good news. Like some the, the news itself may not be good news to the people involved, right? But it's it's good it's, news. It's the news itself <laughs> is entertaining okay. and interesting. Anyway, now and that yes, we... it's sad that it involves people's lives, but this one's not that kind. Okay, this oh, one's interesting. Okay, good. Okay. Uh, this is a plan. Uh, that's being uh, promoted by uh, Indian Prime Minister uh, Narendra Modi. Mm-hmm. Uh, his plan is to 
collect up all of the gold that's at these Hindu temples. Okay. Okay. Because, okay. The, just as an example of how much gold is hanging out in these temples, um, one of the richest temples is the uh, Sri Siddhivinaya Temple in Mumbai. I'm sure you said that exactly. Absolutely right, right. and it's uh, it's devoted to uh, the elephant-headed god Ganesha. Sure, okay, uh, which I'm sure people are familiar with. Yeah, um, it is also protected by 65 security uh, officers. Yeah, because uh, Indian Hindus, I guess, is actually the more accurate. Uh, word hindus uh offer up um gold bracelets and charms and ingots and oh, whatever wow to the god right okay. that the, the temple is um uh, dedicated to okay and uh it is estimated that they have amassed uh 158 kilograms of gold uh, that would be worth about $67 million. Wow. Okay. And it's just sitting there? And it's just sitting there. They have a big vault. Sure. And it's in the vault. Uh, and this is for temples. Clearly, this is a, a good example of a very, very wealthy temple. Yeah. Um, but this goes for temples across the country. Huh. Um, India is one of the world's biggest consumers of gold. Interesting, and it's because of, of because it's a it's a great way to um, sort of store family wealth. Okay. So a lot of families will have women will wear a lot of the wealth in oh. bracelets and whatnots. Okay, that's, that seems like uh, dangerous. A little bit, but but there you go. That's the tradition. Sure, right? um, and uh, so it is estimated that. They have 3,000 tons of temple gold in the country, which is more than two-thirds of the amount of gold that's held uh, at Fort Knox. Wow. Okay. Um, I, I smell a Bond plot. Huh? I smell a James Bond plot here. Well, a different kind of Bond, actually. Oh? Um, the government would like to... Uh, put all of this gold into a national treasury uh-huh. um, and pay the temple's interest on the gold that's been deposited. Okay. They will then take the gold, melt it down, sell it off, and basically sell it back to Indians to <laughs> redeposit into the temples. Hey, this is a good, this is a good deal here. Okay. And... Uh, this uh, as and this is of course a, a scheme to raise money for the government. Right. Right. Well, I mean, in fairness, Ganesh isn't taking it. Like it's just sitting there. It's just sitting there. Ganesh, get on it. And the they're fo- giving you this shit. The folks who run these temples are very amenable to the idea as long as the interest rate is high enough. Okay. Um, they apparently somebody tried to do this uh, a number of years ago. Um. And uh, but they were only offering zero point seven five to one percent. Oh, return. Well, that's not that's not a good. Yeah, it's not good. That's Uh, poor investing. So um, yeah, but 
the gold is just fucking sitting there. It's totally just sitting it's there. It's just sitting there. Um, I feel like somebody needs to have a plot to just steal all of this gold from Hindu temples. <laughs> I feel like it, it's totally doable. I, I, now that I know I that have, it's there. I have a feeling these things are probably uh, way protected. Like, yeah, uh, but if like, you have a staff of 65 security guards... You're yeah, taking not, this shit seriously, but they're not all there at the same time. No, I know that you can t- you can you can defeat. I mean, I've seen Indian security. Right. I went through the, all their all their all, all their like uh, you know their airports and stuff, and uh, eh, it's beatable. Yeah, that's protecting people. <laughs> oh, right. Which, this is an asset. This is an asset. That's worth something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they have too many people. We've already. Address uh, that issue. Before. Did, I, did I tell you about the one hotel that I stayed in where it was like it's it was in uh, Aurangabad, which is a, a, a very Muslim part of India. Right. And uh, but the hotel was part of a hotel chain that had been bombed by Muslims in Mumbai. Do you remember? Oh, yeah. The, yeah. the bombing of the uh-huh. hotel in Mumbai. Uh-huh. Yeah. So this hotel was part of the same chain. So they had okay. instituted new security protocols, including like like as our driver pulled us up. All of our bags had to be pulled out and sort of rifled through, and really? they checked the car and whatever. And it was it was more reasonable, pretty intense. Yeah. And then our driver sort of chuckled as we drove past, and he was like, "You know that all of those guys that just checked our bags are Muslims, right?" <laughs> oh my god, <clears throat> huh? Which well, is th- fine. I mean, you know, nonetheless. Um, sorry. sorry. Just, they, just a story about Indian security. Yeah. No, and a good one, Dan. <laughs> um, clearly, uh, people who donate to these temples are a little less stoked about this. Along your lines, uh, here's a quote that says, I make donations to God, not to a temple trust. Right. Right? Yeah. Um, but your God is seriously doing nothing with it. Yeah. What if your God wants it to be invested? That's how your God's going to make like make some serious cash here. Also, many Hindus take their gods to be sort of uh, not. I wouldn't say metaphorical, but they they don't see them as like necessary. I don't. I I was very confused trying to get to the bottom of like, are you guys for real or <laughs> is this? What do you believe actually? Uh, well, it's you know like, enduring, so yeah. they must actually believe it they believe something you know it's just yeah that's funny i mean i i can see first of all you know those temple guards have gone home with a bracelet or two you Uh, know they have nobody's keeping track of how many bracelets are are being like written they're not writing them all down in a ledger they're just throwing throwing them into a pile in the back room yeah and that vault is gonna fill up at some point yeah you know I'm picture now. I'm imagining like Scrooge McDuck style, like swimming around in the vault of gold. Let me tell you, if they start getting a five uh, percent <coughs> return, like one of the temple managers wants, um, they're going to get a lot more serious. If if your if your theory is right, they would be getting a lot more serious yeah. about every piece of gold being yeah heavily accounted for. I'll bet the 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 security guards are kind of or, or or temple workers are kind of going to start like mm, maybe we don't want this because my <laughs> wife needs because mama needs a new pair of shoes. Oh god, yeah, but um, 
they th- he uh modi thinks that it can uh boost the economy so that's what yeah you're goddamn right it can yeah gold yeah. it's 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 a very clever scheme if you ask me <laughs> sure absolutely um probably be very good for the country if they yeah. if they if I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna impersonate uh uh ganesh and i'm just gonna go in there and start claiming my gold <laughs> hello i am ganesh i would like my gold now please <laughs> God. witness my long trunk and elegant ears um mm. I'm going to take us to Los Angeles, California. Oh, okay. Land of the free and home of the brave. Um, I guess Is that a thing? It's in, LA, it, it's in the U.S., okay. so I guess so. I don't know. <laughs> I couldn't. Okay. Or land of the uh, surgically enhanced. And That's more like it. Home there of you the, go. Home of the blonde. There you go. Uh, uh, yoga. Do you remember we, we, talked, we talked about a, a story actually in San Diego uh, about parents vehemently and and litigiously objecting to the teaching of yoga to their s- children yeah. in schools yeah 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 uh and 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 they sued and uh and their 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 case was thrown out by a lower court well they uh pursued it further oh no they went they took it to an appellate court they, oh, they no. appealed okay so the 4th district court of appeal uh-huh. Uh, in a three to zero opinion, uh-huh. have uh, have held, upheld the outthrowing of this case, uh, saying while the practice of yoga may be religious in some contexts, yoga classes as taught in the district are, as the trial court determined, devoid of any religious, mystical, or spiritual teachings. It's just called yoga. It's just called yoga. Yeah, as as you and I said before, they just need to call it stretching class, and everything's solved. Yeah. And just don't say namaste at the end. Stretching, bending, and balance. Right. right. And don't use Sanskrit words for poses. Right. Use use English words. Yeah. There's plenty of those already. It's stupid to use the Sanskrit words anyway. None of the people speak Sanskrit. Right. It's just so dumb. You know, you go to yoga class and it feels so like, ooh, because they're using... You know, chaturanga, asana, whatever, and and you just like just use words that I know, right? You don't have to teach me a whole bunch of new vocabulary. No. You can just you don't have to teach me any of that stuff. Child's pose, <clears throat> right? Downward dog, rich. That Tree. doesn't make any. Uh, first of all, they need to rename a lot of these poses because I've never seen a dog. Well, I've seen dogs stretching, uh-huh. but I mean stretching dog, stretching dog, sure yeah. or whatever. I d- it's just, well, how about you just come up with words that we already know? But no, they're trying to make it seem all woo-woo and, and like, spiritual or whatever. Right. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so, so. Good. Yeah. A court with its head screwed on correctly. Yeah. Uh, Stephen and Jennifer Sedlock uh, are, are very disappointed with the ruling. They're the ones who, uh, who, who, who blot, brought the suit. Maybe they um, should pull their kids out of the public schools. They, they, I'm sure that they will. I'm sure that they will. They said no other court in the past 50 years has allowed public school officials to lead children in formal religious rituals like the Hindu liturgy of praying to, bowing to, and worshiping the sun god. <sighs> See? Oh my they, god. So they must have used the phrase salutation. Yeah. Sun salutation. Yeah. Uh, which is not what that is. I don't think that that's about a god is it maybe it i is. was just from the couple <clears throat> yoga classes i 
took. I just imagined it as like this, good morning. Uh-huh. Right. Know, yeah. Like stretchy morning. Good morning. Stretchy morning. Sun salutation. Right. Well, you know, there you go. They're, huh. they're, uh, they're very upset. So there you go. Uh, we're, we're sorry that, uh, <laughs> your kids almost, they almost were exposed to another Ooh, culture. It's just terrifying. So close to cultural exposure. Oh, oh. God. It's horrifying. Oh, poor San Diego. <laughs> just, just going to be producing a bunch of heathens. Well, more likely some, uh, some Hindus. hippies. Well, hippies. Yeah. Hip dudes. That's that's oh. Hindu hippies. <laughs> I like hip dudes. <laughs> or Hindis. Or Hindis. Well, no, they're not you as go. good. Hindies? Hindies? No, that doesn't work either. Oh, I know what they're called. What? Uh, uh, Hare Krishnas. <laughs> that's what they're called. <laughs> Couldn't think of it. Well done. Well, all right. Well, if you'd like to chime in on any of that, mm-hmm. uh, you, there are many ways to contact us. There are ways. Us. There are ways. You can, it is possible. You can write to us. Uh, we have an email address. It's called, it's podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. Uh, we have uh, a telephone number that you can call and leave us a voicemail mm-hmm. message. That's uh, 424-666-8442. We love to hear your voice. Mm-hmm. Whenever. Whenever you, whenever you, whenever you can, and how? Yeah, uh, go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash tgiatheist, or on Facebook, search for the TGIA Members Only Lounge. It's a closed group, uh, so that you can interact with other listeners and atheists without people necessarily knowing. Yeah, the, your friends and family don't have to know. Yeah. the horrible, horrible things you're saying about them. <laughs> <laughs> in in our in our very respectful group. Oh, that's nice. All right. Uh well we are going to take a quick break. It's this a patty is, break. It's a patty break. Uh and this is him chiming in on the the, the pizza here's, uh, here's controversy. The, here's the, the thing. The, the memories pizzeria, right? You're about to hear Pat Robertson say a whole bunch of things that you've already heard him say. But he gets super intense about it this time. <laughs> I kinda dig it. But he seems to be answering some sort of question right at the beginning. He's about, talk, yeah, he's talking about, about the, the, the the pizza, the people with the the, the pizzeria, me, the memory pizza people, right? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, pizzas. I think you know you you might as well keep your mouth shut. I'm not sure I would serve pizzas for a gay wedding. Well, most gays, if they're having a wedding, don't want pizzas. They want cake. It's the cake makers that are having the problem. But uh, let me tell you. It doesn't matter what custom you've got. It doesn't matter what holy thing that you worship and adore. The gays are going to get it. They're going to make you conform to them. You're going to say you like anal sex. You like oral sex. You like bestiality. You like anything you can think of, to whatever it is. And sooner or later, you're going to have to conform your religious beliefs to the group of some aberrant thing. It, 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 it won't stop at homosexuality. We've got what's called polyamory. Well, what about that? Well, what about polygamy, where you've got multiple wives? How can we say that one is constitutional and the other's not? And then, as you say, what's so terrible about uh, having sex with animals? Well, that's going to come next. You watch it down the road, and we'll... Christians are going to be saying, well, you're intolerant, you're intolerant, you're, you're trying to mitigate the, against these nice people who, 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 who like dogs. Uh, what's wrong with you? Uh, what's wrong with somebody that wants ten wives, five wives, four wives? What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? Oh, that's wrong with you. I, I want, I, 
I I might want four or five wives. <laughs> no, you don't. I, I if they're all working. <laughs> I have grown accustomed to a certain lifestyle. I can I can use some uh, some wives out there. <laughs> Welcome to Lazy Dan's harem. <laughs> that's right. Uh, I hope you like my personality because that's all you're getting. <laughs> oh my god, they're gonna make Frank. I, I think you're in a as the gay uh, person on our show. I yeah. think you're in a unique position to tell us. Are you really going to make us like anal and oral sex? <clears throat> um, don't you already? Yeah. You did it. Ta-da! <laughs> you did it. I'm, I'm all for it. Well, <clears throat> he's really against these things? Yeah, I know. He was, he's... I get being against bestiality. But right. like, oral sex? Yeah, I know. Poor guy. He doesn't get to anal have... Anal sex? He doesn't get to have oral? What I mean, even fuck? oral, like... Maybe you're, maybe you don't like, you know, maybe you're afraid of anal, but God, oral? Yeah, oral's, oral's easy. One of your, you know, one of, one of the, the highest profile Christians in the land was named oral, for crying out loud. <laughs> you gotta love oral. Or oh, a good old oral Roberts. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, he's got, who doesn't want to go to oral university? It's it's more funny if you take out the Roberts part. It's just more funny. <laughs> Uh, oh, Patty boy. Uh, he's just... Gays don't want pizza at their weddings. They want cake. That's amazing. Absolutely amazing. True that. Uh, True that. Uh, Patrick. So much fun. Now, uh, right. We had some people write into to us uh, and or call in. Um, oh, no, no calls this week. Sorry. No calls. Um, <clears throat> but I will... Uh, I will We'll get to some correspondence here. Uh, Hiram in Colorado wrote to us. He says, hi, guys. I just completed obsessively listening to all of your podcasts out of order. Whoa. You'd have to be obsessive like, like to get the checklist. Them. I know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Good job. Uh, while doing physical therapy and whatnot. I love your show. Last episode I listened to was number 49, quote, Heaven is Real. That's the title of the show. Okay. Uh, in which a guy recounts his story of coming out of a medically induced coma after having bacterial meningitis and, ha and having a realization that he was an earthworm and the universe was something about music and then something else, woo-woo, yeah. and various other bullshit. A result, the former atheist now loves God. Ta-da. Uh, <laughs> he says, my wife had the same disease before we met. It's a horrible disease that can cause infection and, in her case, blood clotting and necrosis. Oh. Uh, that doesn't sound good. No. I don't even know what necrosis is, but I know it's bad. Um, he says, throughout, her in, oh, throughout the entire body, she was in a medically induced coma for weeks and tells a story of completely believing herself to be a green cabbage in a grocery store. Oh, my God. She remembers the grocery store sprinkler coming on, and it was nice. She remembers being picked up and put in a shopping cart and carted, carried around. The movement made her nauseated. To further her confusion, she partly came to during this hallucination, and her caregivers tried to feed her a popsicle because they thought she was conscious, but she didn't have a mouth because she was a cabbage. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's amazing. Wow. Uh, when I was seven years old, Hiram continues, I fell from a cliff in Canyonlands National Park, landed on my head and neck, and had a real, undeniable, quote, out-of-body experience. Oh, my God. I saw my own body crumple to the ground. This plagued me with problems because it was less than two years later that I started considering that God, as I knew him, probably didn't exist. Huh. I read the Book of Mormon after being baptized. Wrong order. 
Uh, and I and he says I had cognitive dissonance that I that in that I couldn't explain scientifically what happened, and therefore maybe God. Now, after real scientific research uh, has been started on this topic. I know that it is likely the case that the trauma overloaded part of my brain, so it externalized itself to ease the process, uh, ease the processing of the proprioceptive information. Don't use big words. I don't yeah, know these words. Yeah, okay. It's just mean to me. Uh, thus, creating a composite imagined image. Uh, I do not, however, need to have this base of knowledge to know that when you are near dying in any way, especially when under medical sedation, including opiates such as morphine, your brain isn't at its peak and probably shouldn't be trusted. <laughs> have either of you ever had an event or idea that caused a cos- t- cognitive dissonance in your skepticism? Hiram in Colorado. Well, A, first of all, Hiram, uh, those are awesome stories, and good job. Uh, Congratulate your cabbage wife for us that she's better. (laughs) Uh, I'm very happy that she's okay now. I used to be a cabbage, cabbage, but I recovered. She's a recovering cabbage. Uh, And you're a recovering Mormon, and congratulations on that, too. I I don't know. I've never had a... uh, I've never had anything close to that. The thing is that I was so deep into it when I was into it, and I'm just fine being... As soon as I got out of it, I was just like, oh, yeah, the world makes way more sense just not believing in anything yeah. that... You know, I guess here's the thing. Here's what I went to, Hiram. When I left religion, I didn't need to replace it with anything. I just thought, if I don't know a thing... I'll just be okay not knowing a thing. Yeah. I don't know. So I don't know. It's not, I don't know. So God, I mean, I just left, let go of that and just went, I don't know. So I guess I just don't know. Right. And that's, that's, um, in, in my experience, a much healthier place to live. Yeah. That's a great place to be. Um, but is, is his question about having like one of these like crazy sort of experience consciousness sort of shifting, experiences where you think you're a thing or you saw yourself i don't know i did dmt of... once that 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 non, shifts your non, consciousness. non-drug induced oh okay how's that well they, i don't know like <laughs> brain scientists say that the experience of doing dmt is basically the same experience that people with near life near-death experiences have ah well so but you, it's a lot easier to say that was clearly that substance right. that I took. Right. Rather than, oh, I almost died. And, I, I, saw, had an experience and I saw presences. Like what, um, yeah. My grandfather was present with me uh-huh. and I saw lights. And I an saw experience that jibes with sort of, you know, religious thought. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, and could fit into that kind of. Hasn't philosophy. happened to me. Thank God. I'm, uh, I'm very pleased that I, uh, that nothing has fucked with my brain in that way anyway thanks for writing in Hiram Dave wrote in hey Frank and Dan just listened to the show released April 3rd and one item to remember oh we uh just a little background here we talked about uh raising the standards uh the standard of living in African countries Mm. I think we said to Peru level standards Chile to Chile that's right if we get it up to Chile then there will be then it'll be harder for them to recruit because they'll uh they'll have yeah, not Peru. Peru needs to get to Chile levels. Okay, we'll get it all up to Chile. Okay. Um, he says, uh, one item to remember is Bin Laden came from a wealthy family, 
And many of the Western ISIS fighters come from middle class That's or richer true. families. That is true. So uh, great as it would be to raise the standard of living, it would not stop the terrorism from gaining support. Uh, that is true. Those that are, is, th- yeah. That's an interesting point. I will say this. I, I, I think it's easy for leadership people to, you know, to go to see that they can sort of be idolized. Yeah. I don't think that, like, many people would risk their family's wealth to just be a fighter. Yeah. To just be a ground level, you know, infantryman. Yeah. yeah. So I think I, I I think that if we raised it up, they there would be still some, but they would they would have a lot more trouble recruiting, sort of bottom level fighters. Well, and and people allowing it to happen around or near them. Right. Yeah. 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 Which there, is different. Yeah. Well, and also if their economy improves, then their countries can have better armies and better right. police and yeah, that sort of thing. Exactly. Yeah. But a, but a, but a good point nonetheless. Yes. Yeah. Uh, good to point out. Hi, Frank and Dan. I'm new to the show and atheism in general. I uh, love the show, by the way. Only a few months ago, I won my battle with religion, which was a long and tedious affair. I am also in high school. And when I told my parents, they weren't hostile, but weren't a fan of the idea either. My current problem is that they are still trying to quote save me, and being ever so slightly and and are being ever so slightly annoying about it. <laughs> uh, the thing that gets me the most is while they call things that I accept as facts is is while they call things that I accept as facts such as evolution a silly idea, but if I make the slightest notion uh, that their beliefs are silly, they get mad. I was just wondering if you could give some advice on how to deal with this. And that's from Holden in Colorado. P.S. My parents also said they would get a creationist scientist to come and talk to me. If that even happens, I will tell you how it went. <laughs> um, yeah, please do tell us how that yeah, went. That, that sounds quite the story. Uh, entertaining. <laughs> um, yeah, don't don't tell your parents that their religion is silly. Nah, that's a bad idea. Yeah, uh, I know that it feels like you should be able to talk openly about that, but just remember, Holden, that. Uh, when you say anything about a person's religion to them, you're not in their minds. You're not talking about the tenets of the religion or the, uh, the things that they believe specifically. You're talking about a piece of their identity. Yeah. You're, you know, you might as well start talking about their body. Yeah. Uh, and say, you know, your nose looks stupid (laughs) because that's how, that's how deeply, uh, ingrained this stuff is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, my advice would be to be, to, to stay, uh, congenial with your family. They're your family. Yeah. It's less important what everybody believes and more important to just, you know, have a good family. Yeah. Well, they'll think that it's important what everybody believes. They will. You need to acknowledge. And they're going to, they're going to keep bugging you about it. They have their space and you should have yours. Look forward to when you can move out and go to college. Yeah. And uh, and and just try to try to have a, a, a good and peaceful environment. They they have a lot of sway in your life right now, and really rocking that boat probably won't help you. Yeah. So just just learn what you can from them. They're still people. They're still good people. Just learn what you can, and then uh, believe what you're going to believe. Yeah. And and then go to college and be your yeah. crazy and, damn self. And keep going. Yep. <laughs> Oh, uh, Frank and Dan, can we talk about religions rushing people into getting married? This is from Donna in Florida. Mm, hi, Donna. My best friend is Mormon. He met a girl right after getting back from his mission, and they decided to get married only a day, only after dating a couple of months. Yeah. 
They are both still in school. He's 22 and she's 21. And there's really no reason I see that is uh, rushing them into getting married other than having sex with God's approval. Ding, 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 uh, ding. He is counting the day until he can have sex. Yeah, uh, that I one right, Donna. She says, I see this as a huge mistake. They just met and it feels like people are go- going into marriage without the right mindset. Uh, and then, because of their religious beliefs, divorce is completely out of the picture. They run; they risk being in an unhappy marriage for the rest of their lives. What do you guys think about young people rushing into marriage because of their religious beliefs? Well, I mean, it's, ain't nothing I can do about yeah, it. Clearly, a bad idea. Yeah. Uh, well, 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 I guess welcome to the world, though. Uh, Is there a question maybe in there somewhere about um, what she can do or what? Yeah, I mean, she like, what do you think? I mean, here's the thing. The second you say maybe you should hold back, (laughs) you're in Holden's position of like you're you're telling them something. You're you're going against something that's almost primal at this point. Well, yeah, because this is their gateway to sex. Yeah. These are these are young twenty something people. They w- want to be having sex. Well, and also there's there's cultural Mormon uh, pressure to get married. Yeah, there is. It's fulfilling a lot of things. There is, um, and and there there there's a, there is a sort of an expiration date mm-hmm. on on young women. Yeah, in in the LDS church. In the LDS church, you, you hit a certain age, and you're there's there, and for men too, there must be something wrong with you. Yeah, what is wrong with him, or what is wrong with her that they're that they're not married yet? They don't say you it know? that way. They no, just, they just they, they say just things like that. they say things like, "Oh, that poor girl." Yeah, that sweet spirit. Oh, she's gonna have to leave the scene. She's getting too old for the singles ward. Oh no, she's gonna have to be put into a family ward. She is just, as a single know, woman. We should invite her what over. What is going to happen? Cook her a casserole. What's gonna happen to oh, her? Well, she'll be taken. Her case care of. is hopeless. She'll be taken care of in the next life. Yeah, she's so, she's. I mean, she's twenty six now. It's all over. <laughs> it's all over at this point. That's not when they're kicked out of the singles ward. <clears throat> It's more like 30, right? Yeah, yeah. Once you're 30, 35. But at 26, everybody's like, like eyebrows start getting raised. Oh, yeah. In like, you know. Yeah. So, Donna, I don't know that there's much that you can do or that can be done. They're just going to do it. They're going to do it. And then they're going to do it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, 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 you got to get to them before they find a partner that they want to, you know, yeah. stick their penis into. Yeah. You, Who you, agrees that the way to get. A penis stuck into something is through marriage. Right, right. You got to you got to get to them early and just say, "Hey, I know that." You, and by the way, uh, if you say if you if you were to say to your friend, "Hey, I know that you really want to have sex, but this is a bad idea," he's gonna <laughs> claim it's not about sex. Uh, he probably believes in his be heart saying he probably believes in his heart that this isn't really about sex, that he really loves her, and he may love her and whatever. But I mean. That this powerful stirring and burning within him is the spirit. It's the spirit yeah. of his penis. I mean, of God. <laughs> anyway, thanks for writing in. Yeah. We have some donors to we thank. We do have donors. Uh, I'm going I'll, to, I'll, I'll, we got a couple uh, through PayPal, so I'll just uh, quickly thank Bill, uh, who gave us a one time donation, and said, uh, some of my former LDS, LDS tithing money. 
I made a promise when I left to keep my level of charitable giving the same. Good news for local charities and no radical kidding. podcasts. Wow. That's 10% people. Bill's, That's fantastic. Bill's a giver. I Bill? love it. Good yeah. job, Bill. <laughs> and I'm glad that we got to be on that list. Yay. Yeah, thank you, Bill. Um, we also got a one-time donation from Zach, so thank you very much. Well, thank you, Zach. And what do we got over on the PayPal side? Or not the PayPal side, the Joyride Joyride. Side. Woo! Um, all right. We, this is two weeks worth. Oh, right. Um, last week because we last week to... I, I just couldn't. I couldn't deal with it. Right. Sadly. Um, but here's the list. Um, I'm going back. I don't remember uh, uh, one of these names. So I'm going back to um, a little <laughs> bit further than I thought I needed to go um, because it was not on my list that I had already thanked. So if I'm thanking you again, great. Great. But if, you yeah. know, I, I don't want to miss anybody is my message here. Um, so I have David, Cheryl, Rich, another David. Adam, Ryan, Carolyn, Rebecca, Stephanie, Tim, and Alan. I mean, that's that's, that's amazing. That's um, awesome. That means that uh, we now have 53 supporters on Joyride. On Joyride. Uh, and we're at 466 a month. Um, our, the next goal that we're working toward is $700 a month. Um, and as everybody knows, we already hit the 350 mark. Um, and we're using that money to upgrade our recording situation. Right. Um, and uh, at $700 a month, we will um, hopefully be able to bring in a we, We'd like a to producer. bring in a producer to help us um, with the... Uh, our second, our second half of the show. So, uh, if, uh, be a part of making this show better, if you would yeah. please. Uh, go to uh, thankgodimatheist.com Yeah, and click on the Joyride button and uh, and and help out. Yeah, but this is—I mean, this is really amazing, Dan. Like, it, I mean, it really, truly is is starting to to hit me how amazing our listeners are, and uh, this this level of support, I I'm I'm just really touched by. So I'll be touched by guys. a higher level of support. <laughs> of course you will. My, All right. Well, so so level one uh, we've reached, uh, as Frank mentioned, that was one of the things that comes with level one level support is that Frank's really touched by it. Uh-huh. Once we hit level two, then you won't believe how touched I get. <laughs> It'll be amazing. <laughs> uh, All right. Um, but. Um, also, mm. if you happen to listen to this before the 13th yeah. and you're donating at the $15 or, um, or above or level, above level um, you can uh, get access to our uh, Google Hangout that will be happening on, on, on the 13th okay. in the evening. So if if you if you end up donating before then, we can get you uh, we can get you into that. So uh, otherwise, there will be another there will be another Google Hangout uh, happening later, later this, this month, month. and yeah. then one every month thereafter. Yeah. This one that we're doing on the thirteenth is to make up for the one that we missed in March because our schedules got out of hand and and we're just we're just sloppy people when it comes to. <laughs> Fulfilling our obligations. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. That's what a wonderful message that sends. Dan. <laughs> I do like sending that message. <laughs> the the more people can think that we're just uh, uh, irresponsible, the the more bumbling. The more we're bumbling off the hook. Is, is is a good word. <laughs> we're bumblers. It's true. Um, so we had a lovely opportunity this week to talk to some people. Quite. A Remarkable opportunity, in fact. It was nice. Uh, Tyler Meesum is the is a is a documentarian and mm-hmm. uh, a producer and director of 
documentary films. Yeah. Happens to live here in Salt Lake. So yeah. it was, we were able to get him into the studio and, uh, and he hooked us up. So his new, their, the new film is called an honest liar. And yeah. this film is, uh, sort of chronicles and follows, uh, the amazing James Randi, yeah, uh, a magician and uh, conjurer, who uh, who for decades has been uh, on the front lines of debunking yeah. bunk, yeah, uh, I, I get psychics and palm readers and and televangelists. Tele- yep. uh, he's taken down, yeah, he took down Peter Popov, who who had who was doing faith healings and miraculously knowing all sorts of intimate details about his parishioners lives as he traveled the the country right uh because they were being fed to him by radio um <laughs> his wife was talking through through the, an earpiece yeah. to him reading off of prayer cards <laughs> right exactly that the people had filled out themselves right i mean he knew addresses of people how do they not how do they not get three this? main street right Wow! Yeah, the, the super accurate. I wonder how you got that. Like, it couldn't be that I just wrote it down for your organization like ten minutes ago, right? Why would you go for it? Like, I don't know. Like, like so specific. Like, well, I we talked. Feel like... We talked to James Randy about this a little yeah. bit. So yeah, we'll we'll let him we'll let him chat about it. But uh, yeah, it, it, I I think we can just let you enjoy the the interview. Well, we're here with uh, Tyler Meesom, director of An Honest Liar, which is a new uh, uh, documentary film that's just hit the theaters. And on the phone, we've got the amazing Randy. Hi, Randy. Hello there. And hi, Tyler. Hey there, guys. Thanks for being on the show, you guys. Uh, We really appreciate it. Uh, when we first saw that you guys were going to be th- that this film was going to be coming out, uh, it was very exciting to us. Uh, I, I, the topic that is of most important uh, importance to us on our show is is of course religion, and uh, and how it intersects with with uh, with us we secular folks. And uh, and and there was something just wonderful about well from the top down from the title on through to the subject, we loved this film. Uh, well, and you. yeah, well, uh, thank you guys. Uh, we wanted to talk a little bit with you guys about, uh, you know, what the film is about, what led to the making of the film. Uh, and, and Randy, most importantly with you, we wanted to talk to you about a life of debunking bunk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so let's start with that, Randy. When did you get started, uh, uh, debunking, uh, psychics and mediums and and that sort of thing well almost from the very beginning of my uh, career in magic or conjuring which is a better term for it Hmm. uh, i i started to get feedback from uh, my audiences after a show they would admire this and admire that and and maybe criticize something and then they'd uh, come out with comments like but when you told the lady her phone number and you'd never met her before now that was esp right and I would have to say, no, no, it wasn't. That was part of the routine. Well, no, 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 I can tell the difference between the real thing and the tricks. No, they can't. That's the problem. <laughs> and yet they have the assumption that they can. And and that, that got me so disturbed that I felt uh, I had to level a little more with people. Uh, I had never really assumed 
uh, or even thought or the, the notion had never occurred to me that they would be looking at some of my tricks as the real thing. Mm. And uh, after all, I am a conjurer. That's somebody who approximates the effects of a real magician. I'm not a real magician. I don't do miracles. I'm not supernatural or paranormal or anything like that. Uh, I perform as an entertainer. And part of that entertaining is a deception of the senses. Right. Well, I, I, I can imagine that there would, there would be a real quandary there. One of the things that you talk about in the film is just this moment of having to say, uh, having to decide which direction, which path you're going to take with that. Are you going to lie to people and let them believe whatever they believe? Or are you going to be on the level and sort of, I don't know, did it run the risk for you as a magician of, or as a conjurer, sorry, of, of ruining the illusion for people? Oh, no, I don't think it ruins the illusion for, for people if they've listened to what we said if, uh, and we're being uh, quite honest with them. Uh, I always used to walk out on stage, my name is James Randy. I'm a magician. That is to say, I don't do real magic, but I do approximate the effects of an actual magician. Bear that in mind, and I go right ahead with the act. Mm. Now, they, they don't listen to things like that, unfortunately. <laughs> A lot of them don't. Well, and that's one of the things that happens in the film, right? I, I will get, well, I'll get to that, actually, later. I wanted to bring Tyler into this and, and ask you, Tyler, what, what was your interest when, when you first launched into this film? What got you hooked? Well, I, uh, I didn't, actually didn't even know uh, of James Randi when I started the film. I mean, obviously, I knew about him when I started the film, but prior to that, I didn't really know who he was. Um, I, I do remember him on Happy Days, and I think I maybe ha- had seen him on Carson as a child. But um, somebody suggested, a friend of mine uh, who lives here in Salt Lake City, Thomas Guthrie, said, you, you know, who would make a really great documentary is James the Amazing Randi. And I, w- I had just come off of Sons of Perdition. I was looking for a new project. And uh, I did a little research on Randi. And was shocked that no one had made a feature-length documentary thus far. I mean, he'd been in a number of like, uh, other docs, but no uh, feature-length thus far. So uh, I was very interested, and we can touch on this later, uh, having left the Mormon faith and feeling like I'd spent most of my life being deceived. I was very interested in a man who fought against deception. That's a great point. Randy, were you ever religious? I'm curious. No, never. I never had a religious moment in my life that I recall. <clears throat> as a matter of fact, uh, as a child, I was uh, castigated by everybody. Why are you asking why? Or how do you know that? <laughs> and that's what I always asked, uh, because they were, they were giving me some ridiculous uh, propositions that I should believe in, you know, that uh, uh, people live forever if they're good, and they don't live forever if they're bad. Oh, I see. Uh, How do you know that? And they didn't have any answer. They just tapped the Bible or the Koran or whatever and said, oh, it's all in there. And when I looked in there, I didn't find it. Right. Randy, didn't you you take the the money your mother would give you to give to the the fast offerings or the tithing and... and go buy ice cream would you think that i would ever do that? <laughs> oh no no sorry accusations accusations so i believe that's a sin you see oh, yeah. I, i've never been guilty of sin because it was justified you see i i, I needed that ice cream mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. you needed it more than jesus did <laughs> yes very true, very true. <laughs> well so one of the things that really struck me about this film uh and maybe both of you can talk about this a little bit, but 
it so you go you know the, the film sort of covers all a lot of the major debunkings that you did with Uri Geller and 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 others and it struck me how frequently uh yeah oh, with 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 Popoff also the 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 televangelist how frequently you would just dismantle these guys and they would still retain their followers and i wanted to ask first randy how did that make you feel to 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 know that you had just completely destroyed <laughs> this illusion that they were creating and it meant nothing to some of these well, people one of the things that i've always uh, emphasized is when people say to me, oh, these people just want to believe, I, I correct them on that. People, these people, not only want to believe, they need to believe. They need it to be true. And if you need something to be true that is obviously pretty preposterous, uh, you'll work at it. You'll work at it in order mm. to, to make sure that you can accept it by any means at all. And they they will just smile at you wanly and say, oh, yes, but I still believe, no matter what evidence you present to them. And, and that has, has been universal in, in my quest to try to get knowledge across to people. Well, I, I'm wondering, like, if you might have any insight. I mean, you've been dealing with this your whole life, your whole career. Do you, do you, do you have any sense of, like, why people have this need or, or want to believe or... Well, no, it's a need to believe. They they want some magic in their lives. They're mm -hmm. not satisfied. Remember, if they have a religious background at all, even a very fundamental one, not fundamentalist, I'm talking about fundamental, a basic uh, religious belief, mm -hmm. they really believe that they're going to live forever if they behave themselves. And they're going to live in heaven, and the streets are going to be paved in gold. I, I, I anticipate that to be very dull if it should ever happen. <laughs> right. But nonetheless, I know it's shiny but dull. And uh, <laughs> it's hard to define it. But if you're raised with that kind of belief yeah. and you really want it to be true, you will stretch your imagination in all directions and make all kinds of alibis yeah. for what appears to be illogical. And they will even say to you, now, I know that appears to be illogical, but it must be true. It's in the holy book, right. whatever that holy book right. is. But I, what about, I mean, bending spoons at a certain point, uh, how does that I don't know. It, it just seems like a strange, con like, how does how does somebody who wants to believe in an afterlife want to believe in a bending spoon? <laughs> well, because it's it's part of the miracles. Uh, uh, this right. fellow, uh, what's his name, Hurry um, something or other, uh, <laughs> he bends spoons for a living. Now, if you walk up to him, what do you do for a living? I bend spoons. Wouldn't you walk away laughing? <laughs> Come on, what? Where is the the the, the advantage in that to, to humankind, right. it doesn't help anybody unless you've got an extremely straight spoon and you need a bent. <laughs> this guy's of no use to you whatsoever. <laughs> it's very true. It's a, it's a, it's a crazy thought that, that that would be so important to people that they couldn't let go of the, the idea that he's actually doing it. Oh, yes. Well, it, it seems to them to be some sort of uh, endorsement or proof uh, of the supernatural, of the paranormal. And they just love that. If it, it's anything that tends to support that, they'll go with it. I think you're right about that. You know, one of the things that we butt up against a lot uh, as a, an atheist podcast is that people really want to debate believers 
about the truth of their belief claims. And they don't seem to understand that it doesn't mm. matter who has the better argument because right. these people are desperate to believe. And it's not about whether you can beat them. If they really want to believe it and if they need to believe it, as you say, uh, they're going to keep believing it. And all you're going oh, yeah. to do is make them mad. That's right. And, and, they, and they feel sorry for you, too. Oh, I, right. I, I, I'm just, I adore the people who say, I feel very sorry for you, Mr. Randy, because you don't know. Oh. And you do. Oh, yes. It's in the book. <laughs> hmm. At some points in your career, that's ha that must have been a frustrating thing to encounter. Well, I got used to it rather quickly. Inside of full 15 or 20 years, I'd gotten used to it. Okay. Well, I mean, if it only took 15 or 20 years, you're fine. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> I'm 84, you know. I'm looking forward to a, a full, rich life, and I'm just only getting started. Really. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Tyler, what was it like uh, working with Jay with Randy and uh, and 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 making this film? Did you? It was hor horrible. <laughs> it was uh, the abuse. The abuse. Randy, were you abusing Tyler? <laughs> well, in a nice way, maybe. Yes, of course. Of course he was. Yeah, um, um, I mean, it was a blast. It was a pure joy. It was so much fun to not only get to know Randy and, uh, you know, his husband, Jose, Davey, but uh, to also, you know, to meet the people surrounding James Randy. Uh, in the film, you know, we have wonderful people like Penn and Teller and um, uh, Richard Wiseman and Michael Shermer and Alice Cooper and Bill Nye and really phenomenal people and really great and really smart individuals. Uh, it was sometimes really hard to keep up with Randy. He's He has a lot of energy for an 86-year-old man, and we followed him all over the place. We traveled all over the world uh, watching him, and it was a very good time to follow him. He had a lot of great uh, awards that year, and he had a lot of great things happen. He spoke, and he, you know, he, he, he went to Italy, and he was at um, the Reason Rally, and he won the Lifetime Achievement Award from the American Magicians Association uh, in Los Angeles. So we really came in the film at a very good time. Indeed you did. Uh, one of the things that was most interesting about the film uh, and I don't want to give too much away on this uh, because I do want everyone to go and see uh, the film. But uh, Randy, the, 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 there were some some fairly tense moments involving your husband. Uh, now you only re you I mean it, recently you it was only a few years back that you came out of the closet publicly as a gay man. Yes. Um, I wanted to talk to you, Tyler, about uh, about what it was like being there for a very personal time in in Randy's life. Well, to explain kind of what happened is uh, while uh, while we are telling a, a, about Randy's life and his history, not just as a, a conjurer and escape artist, but also as an investigator of paranormal activities. Uh, you know, so we go through his past. But while we do that, we also show him in his daily life. We show him as he speaks. We show him in his home. Uh, and also we meet his partner, uh, Jose Alvarez. And during this period, something happened that uh, was quite a shock for everyone involved in so much that, um, you know, well, I, I can kind of say what happened, but uh, it's, an arrest occurred that uh, a, a, something that had been kept secret for 26 years happened to come to light. And it occurred while we were making the film. So it took a film about deception and added a, another layer. 
in addition to that, it gave it a uh, accelerated ending in some aspects because we had something, what's going to happen now. But it also was sad. It was heartbreaking. It was a tough period for Randy and his partner, and they were very brave to allow us to continue to come into their home and film them during this very what could be a very scary time. That was one of the things that I thought, Randy, uh, was was how how rough it must have been for you to be going through this, and not just going through it, but going through it for us on camera. And I, I wanted to ask you, what was the, was that experience okay? Uh, tell tell us a little bit about that experience. It depends on your definition of okay. Indeed. I, I realized as I said it that that was probably the worst wording I could have possibly chosen. <laughs> yes, yes. And put that down in your list. I will. Okay? <laughs> yeah, never, never do it again. <laughs> I'm following you, so watch it. Okay. Yeah. No, I was uh, I was discombobulated when the, when the arrest occurred and such. And uh, I, I was wondering. I, I didn't know where to turn, in what direction to turn. Mm. It was a matter of hours after that event. And um, because of that, I, I, I gave a rather sharp response uh, to the gentleman you're speaking with there. And uh, only a matter of, of, of half a day or so after that, I called back and I said, wait a minute, guys, uh, our arrangement was warts and all. And I can't go back on that. So warts and all, tell the story. And they went right ahead and did that. And uh, we feel, uh, Davey and I feel very much better for that. Good. Good. It was a it was a powerful moment, and it was it was it was a, a touching touching moment. So uh, I actually would like to thank you for sharing it. It was it was uh, it was in if, if nothing else, uh, you know, there's this sort of image of the amazing Randy as being you know this this powerful man who's who's able to to bring down psychic giants with his with his uh, with his perception and 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 his knowledge and it was nice to have that so humanized and to be able to see such a such a gentle and 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 vulnerable person uh underneath all of that Mm -hmm. i imagine imagine you're right (laughs) well randy we wanted to i want to thank you so much for uh coming on the show we won't take up any more of your time but but we really appreciate your willingness to come on and uh and and hope for for good things from you in the in the long years you have ahead of you. Well, I'll uh, say in, in leaving you is that uh, the film is uh, is a tour de force. Where uh, Davy and I are very very much in favor of it. It it certainly did the job it was supposed to do. Um, much to my surprise, frankly, I thought it might be uh, oh sort of missing the mark, but it did not miss the mark. We didn't miss the mark. Uh, we made sure that it that it hit the target exactly where it needed to be hit. We're very, very satisfied with it, and we ask that everyone who is hearing this will make every effort to see an honest liar. And it's not only the story of James the Amazing Randy, it's the story of Davy Pena as well. And I think both stories are well worth being told and being repeated. Well, I couldn't agree more. And uh, knowing my, knowing our audience, I, th- I think you won't be disappointed. They will all go out to see that. <laughs> so uh, thanks again for, for coming on, Randy. Yeah, thank you very much. Right. See you later, Bye. Randy.
Now, Tyler, we wanted to keep you on the line with us. You're on the line, in the room with us. I'm still here. We're not going to let you leave. (laughs) You have to stay here. No, I can't. Uh, (laughs) Because uh, this isn't your only film. uh, And uh, one of your other films is one that we had a particular interest in as well. Um, Mm -hmm. And we've talked about it before. Yeah, it's actually actually come up on the show. So uh, so we get a double whammy out of this one. Wow, two for one. Uh, Right? (laughs) Right. We're we're quite fortunate. Now, you mentioned earlier uh, that you're an ex-Mormon. Yes. uh, As are we, Frank and I. Mm -hmm. Nice. Uh, And we, uh, so we wanted to discuss um, Sons of Perdition. Uh, why don't you tell us a bit about that? Sure. Film. Uh, Sons of Perdition, uh, we started filming it in 2007. In 2007, uh, my partner and I, uh, Jenny Lynn Merton, who was here in, in Utah at the time, she's no longer, but we we started following two, three boys who were kicked out of polygamy. As you know, the Lost Boys, as they're known here in the state of Utah. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the corner of Utah and Arizona, right on the border, there is a town called Colorado City, and it's a predominantly a fundamentalist Mormon polygamy town run by the prophet Warren Jeffs. Right. And they routinely would excise uh, teenage boys. Mm-hmm. They would just kick them out. Now, these boys have n- very little contact with the outside world. They have very little education. They're told they're going to hell, and one day they're just tossed to the curb, essentially. Why were they, why were they thrown out just as a— I mean, it's, one could say that it's basic math. If you are a man and you want to marry seven women, you pretty much have to get rid of some of the boys because it's 50-50 men and women, of course. But I think it goes a little bit bigger than that. They they want to cull the field. They want to get rid of those who may be who aren't going to be like dad, who, mm. who aren't going to, you know, make money and keep secrets for the church. Wow. Mm. It's a it's a it's a fascinating story. And, and these boys that are sent out are not prepared at all for the world. Is that true? In some aspects, they are because they're very hardworking individuals. Um, but the, so aver- the average age of these kids is uh, 16, 15, yeah. 14, 17. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you're around to 18, you've pretty much made it. You're, <laughs> you're already in. You, you, wow. Right. right. So, yeah, they are. I, mentally, they're not. They just don't know what the world is about. They, yeah. they, so imagine being 16 years old and you don't have your mom or your dad. Or you, you you know and you're, you're thrust out into this world, and, well, and and they have no concept of like like national like like they don't know who the president no. is right no. they, like just they have no sense of the world around them very very little yeah and they also don't know simple things like the Beatles right or wow. you know, or or music or film yeah and so there's a portion when they first come out where they kind of overdose on a lot of things girls and beer and uh-huh. alcohol and it's it's room springer yeah it's room springer <laughs> um uh and and also uh just pop culture mm. i mean they will just sit and watch movies for hours well just hours. imagine a life without a kardashian <laughs> honestly <laughs> yeah, i could I we, all, nice. we all need them yeah so yeah so yeah we we watched um three boys for two and a half years as they grew uh-huh. up Wow. And uh, how they, you know, it's one thing to leave Colorado City. It's another other thing to leave it in your mind. And more of what we follow is, you know, they're told they're going to hell. And how do you reconcile that in your mind and hmm. come to the awareness that, no, I'm, I'm not going to go to hell. 
And as someone who left the Mormon faith, as I did, and my partner Jenny did as well, we knew that story. Mm. We kind of knew what it's like to disappoint family and friends and community and your God and then come out the other end and go, hey, I'm I'm all right. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually fine. <laughs> I'm actually better, to be honest with you. Yeah, mm. it is. It is an inter- interesting thing. Now, I, I want to make clear to our listeners that uh, the fundamentalist LDS church is not the mainstream LDS church that that we in this room were part of, but there are, there are ties, there are threads that run through, through both of these groups. Absolutely. Uh, the fundamentalist church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, uh, or the polygamist group did not just start on their own. They were a direct offshoot of the LDS church that right. at one time practiced polygamy. In fact, they were told to go down and hide in this very remote area and continue the practice of polygamy. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> I mean, that's his own. That's his, a whole other thing. Now, when you were when you were down in Colorado City, uh, I hear all these stories about just even just driving around there. You'll you'll pick up a tail. Yeah. As, as, as you're on there, tell us about what the feeling that you got when you were down in Colorado City. It's a very unique and odd town. And you drive in and it is like you go back in time, you know, 40 years Uh but you are also, yeah, you're immediately tailed for the most part if, if you go in and you stay around too long. And they knew me. They have quite a surveillance there. And, you know, it was 2008 when I was driving around. And everyone there drives a white van or a white truck with tinted windows. And I come in with a Volvo with an Obama sticker. So, you know what I mean? Like, I am, I am immediately pegged at the border of the town. And they'd follow me around and they'd flip us off and they'd... Uh, intimidate us. And I got arrested by a polygamous policeman once. So yeah, they definitely didn't care for me. You know, we didn't go into town all that much. It was a part of the story, but it was more leaving the town. Mm. So, so yeah, a lot more time in St. George. It was a lot of time in St. George and Salt Lake. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and this was Warren, where was Warren Jeffs at this point? Was he still, I can't remember if he was already in prison. No, when we started the film, he was on the run. He was on the lam. Right. Uh, And then he was arrested, uh, you know, while we were making the film. Right. Right. Hmm. And the trial occurred, uh, shortly thereafter. When you were, so you were with the boys when their prophet, their former prophet Uh was jailed. Uh Uh-huh. How did they respond to that? These guys that were, well, they were out of it, but their brains may not have been as much out of yeah, it. Yeah, I think initially they were happy, but inside they still have this feeling of that's the man they revered. Right. That's the man that was their God. And I, it's hard to shake that. Yeah. I think it was really hard for him to shake that. Mm. Hmm. It's a, I mean, I, I, I didn't... F- I felt some of that as I as I left my church, I have to, I, I have to say, uh, there was this sense of... of you know, it took a while to sort of ex- extract all of the different tendrils of 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 its reach within yeah. me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you have that experience yeah, as well? Yeah, absolutely. And it's still, uh, you still feel something every once in a while. You'll mm. you'll hear a hymn and you'll mm-hmm. go, oh, that feels good still. It's, it's kind of warm. Mm-hmm. And, and so it still holds in you. And that's okay, I think, in some aspects. Mm-hmm. To, it's more about... It's more a part of your youth, I think, in some aspects than it is any part of, uh, you know, our psychology or our belief system. Yeah. Hmm. I, I could I, I could get behind that. Yeah. I mean, I feel the same way when I listen to, you know, AHA take on me. You know what I mean? It's like <laughs> it's a part of my youth that I enjoyed that song very much. And huh. I also enjoyed Praise to the Man when I was 12 years old. I 
Now that's a mashup I could get behind. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, now I'm suddenly I'm I'm seeing praise to the man, but like it's got that aha video where he goes through the thing into the cartoon world. Uh-huh. That'd be great. Yeah, it'd work. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm on that. I'm okay. on that. That's gonna be good. Someone. Yeah. We'll we'll we'll, we'll make sure. That neither of us is has it, any skill in in, in animation. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a good point. Never mind. That's not gonna happen. <laughs> uh. Well, so what? What's next? Are you are you going to stick with? Uh, I mean, it does seem like, at least with these two films, which I, I would say are your most successful films. Which, sure. Uh, yeah. yeah. It, it seems like there's a theme running. Do you feel that? I do. I have a theme of belief and yeah. faith, and I think it's interesting to me, and uh, because it was what I was raised in, and um, uh, but I also think it's interesting. It's what. I mean, it drives the world. Yeah. You, know, you can ask anyone about what they believe or mm-hmm. what their religion is. And they'll have an opinion. I can't ask anyone about baseball, and they'd have an opinion. Right. So I think it, it universally it, it, mm-hmm. it has a commercial appeal, but more so is the psychology. You always have something of an interesting structure within the dynamics of a character when he or she is battling the confines of, of faith mm-hmm. or trying to figure out what he or she believes in. Yeah, I think that's a very. Uh, 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 I think it's ripe for for a documentarian's pickings. Well, when you make a documentary, it's damned hard. It's so much work and right. time and passion and energy, and there's not much money in it. There really isn't. Uh, so when you do it, you you better believe in it, and you right. better love it. And yeah. you you know, it's the old axiom that if you're going to write your first novel, write something you know. Yeah. And I think it's the same thing with a documentary. Hmm. I, you know, I am I am doing other projects that have somewhat aspects of belief. Uh, there's a, a a documentary that I just produced and shot. It's God, it's beautiful, and it's going to be in Tribeca next oh, month. Cool. Great. It's wow. called Elder, and it's about a gay Mormon missionary who falls in love with an Italian communist. It's a beautiful <laughs> film. And then I have another film that's premiering at uh, Hot Docs in a couple of weeks. Oh, great. It's uh, called Jesus Town, and it's about a small town in Oklahoma that puts on a passion play every year a big a big huge festival um, really? of the birth life and death of jesus christ and this year the uh, person who they chose to play jesus is a closet buddhist so it's very funny <laughs> and wacky but again it's right along those lines of huh. of belief frank how did we miss that we went all through Oklahoma. I know. How did we miss oh, that? It's in a small know. little town called Medicine Park. It's I've never even heard of Medicine Park. Frank yeah, used to live in Oklahoma. Oh, really? It's yeah. near Lawton. Oh, okay. Yeah, and it's oh. yeah, it's a big. It's called the. Uh, oh God, what's it called? I can't even remember. Even though I spent, that's what happens. And when we you like drink idiots early. went to the went to the Passion Play in Arkansas. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. God. Yeah. This one's a. It's out and <laughs> built in a in a in a, uh, a bison pasture, and it's this oh, big really? stone. Repl- you know, representation of Jerusalem. Okay. It's oh, wow. really odd. The holy huh. city, they call it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. yeah. That's funny. That's fascinating. Yeah, well, uh, we wish you the best of luck with Thanks. your, with your uh, upcoming endeavors. And, uh, you know, if you, have, if you have stuff that we need to know about, please let us know. And sure. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll pass it along. Uh, th- Tyler Meesom, thanks Thank so you. much for, uh, for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks, guys. If you enjoyed that uh, as much as we did, yeah, uh, you can write to us, podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. Or you can leave us a voicemail message by calling 424-666-8442. Uh, the uh, Facebook page is facebook.com slash Atheist. And uh, on Facebook as well, search for the TGIA Members Only Lounge. Yeah. And uh, it's a closed group. Uh, you can go on there. 
and like Dan said earlier, post whatever whatever you want <laughs> yes. about religion that you don't want your religious family or friends to see. Safe in that knowledge. Yeah. Uh, if you enjoyed uh, the interview that we just did, one of the ways that you can help make much more of those happen, mm-hmm. like way more of those happen, is by going to Joyride and, and becoming a supporter of yeah. the podcast. And you can find a link to Joyride at uh, thankgodimatheist.com. Right. Um, thanks to uh, Mackenzie for doing our Facebook work and being uh, so awesome. Thank you very much. And thanks to the Red Rock Hot Club for letting us use their music. The fine, fine tunes that we play yeah. every week. Then uh, thank you, listeners. Uh, for all of your help. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes or your podcasting listening device of choice. Absolutely. And uh, we'll see you next week. Bye.